if you uh, would like to send a note to Mrs. Odenthal, if you'll just write a note to her and bring it to my office, we'll get it mailed to her. We have her address, we'll take care of the stamp. That might be a blessing to her. She's been a blessing to this college for many years, and uh, I think that might just be an encouragement. I also want to say uh, congratulations to all the seniors who did the recitals last night. That was a wonderful night, and just a lot of great musical work. And then, of course, did again today with the choir and the ensemble. What a blessing. Uh, I found it very interesting, the songs that were sung today. No one knew what I was preaching other than myself and the Lord. Uh, I showed my wife, I opened up my notebook and showed the title of the message, uh, which is entitled today, Praising the Lord. And I thought it was very interesting how those things fit together uh, perfectly for a day like this. This year I did something unusual in my devotions that I've never done before like this. I heard a preacher years ago named Dr. Charles Woodbridge. He wrote a Bible doctrines book. He was a very famous Bible teacher, was an evangelist in the latter years of his life. He's now in heaven. Uh, he'd studied uh, under Machem, uh, just a great scholar and do the Bible. And I remember asking him one day, I said, how did you really get to know the Bible like that? He said, well, he goes, I read one book a month, and I read the same book all the way through every day for the month. And I said, that's pretty impressive, especially if you think of a book like Psalms, the 150 chapters, or, you know, Genesis with 50, etc. But I did something different in my devotions this year. I decided to read Proverbs through uh, every month as I have for a long time, actually twice a month, and then to read the book of Psalms through every month. And just to be repeating those same chapters again and again. And it has been a good reminder for me now going into 11 months, 11 times through the book of Psalms, some things that I believe God really expects His children to do. And we see this in the life of David, who the Bible says in 1 Samuel 13, 14, and again in Acts 13, 22, that he was a man after God's own heart. And uh, I think you'll find something interesting. If you take your Bibles this morning and turn with me, please, to Psalm 34. I'm going to read a number of verses to you for the praise psalm, Psalm 146 through 50. But I'd like you to look at Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3, on this topic of praising the Lord. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. We'll read this, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. The Bible says this in the book of Psalms. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. That's something we heard the choir do this morning, magnifying the name of Christ. Let's pray this morning. Dear Lord, I do pray for many of our students who are badly illness right now, faculty and staff some as well. I pray you'll give them strength. I pray you'll bring them back to full health in the very near future. I do pray, Lord, for safety for our students as they, many of them will travel literally across the country, some to other parts of the world, next Tuesday and Wednesday. And I pray you keep them safe. I pray, Lord, that each of these students will seek to be a blessing wherever you place them for these next two months. Uh, please use them. I pray they'll be emissaries for you. I pray they'll be models of people who have a heart to serve you and to minister to others as the Lord Jesus Christ did. And Lord, I pray you'll be with us these next minutes. I pray that what is said and done will please you and will honor you. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to do more with praising you. We have so much to praise you for. We have so much to thank you for. And I pray that we will not just be aware of that, but that we will seek to do it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are commanded to praise the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. 
as I read through these verses again and again this year, I thought of a statement my dad would often ask his boys. He'd say, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with praising the Lord? Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Are we praising the Lord with regularity? Are we praising the Lord with consistency? Let's see what the Lord says about this. Psalm 146, verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Again, it says the same verse, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 146, verse 2. While I will live, I will praise the Lord. There will become a time. We've had several students lose grandparents this last week, and one an aunt. And as I thought about that, I lost two grandparents during my college days. They, those folks could no longer praise the Lord. But while we have life, we should praise the Lord. Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Listen now. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. It's good to sing praises to our God. Psalm 147, 7. Seek praises unto our God. Psalm 147, verse 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. <coughs> the Bible says in Psalm <coughs> 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. <coughs> Excuse me. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him. Praise ye him. <coughs> Excuse me. Have you praised the Lord today? I have found in my life <coughs> that it's easy to complain. It's hard to praise the Lord because we just forget to do so. <coughs> the Bible says in Psalm 149, verse 1, <coughs> Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 149, verse 6, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. This morning, I'm going to share with you very quickly in the next few minutes some reasons why we ought to praise the Lord. <coughs> Someone said, if the only thing that God ever did for us is to save us, that we ought to praise God from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. But He's done so much more than that for us. How many of you have Christian parents here today? Would you raise your hand? The great majority. Praise the Lord for that. Let your parents know when you go home that you praise the Lord for that. You can't do that after they're gone. Let them know you praise the Lord for their salvation. God has given you the sense of smell. You can smell the flowers. You can smell fresh bread baking. You look forward to Thanksgiving next week. Praise the Lord for that. If you could see today, and other than Clarence, as far as I know, everyone can see. Praise the Lord for that. If you have good friends, I think many of you have met friends here. Praise the Lord for that. On one occasion, we heard two different passages from Messiah last night, written by George Frederick Handel, an incredible oratorio that comes almost entirely from Scripture. Most of you know that when most people sing the Hallelujah Chorus, 
the people will rise to give honor to God. And once in Handel's hearing, the Messiah was played, the songs were sung. And when it was over, there was thunderous, thunderous applause. Handel was there in the group that was listening. He stood up. He did not acknowledge and bow, but rather he pointed his finger to God. Praise the Lord. So how should we praise the Lord? I'd like to give you three simple things we ought to do this morning. Number one, we ought to praise the Lord personally. Personally. While I have breath, I will praise the Lord. If anyone has ever seen the family circus cartoons, I'll never forget seeing little Billy one time, and it was at Thanksgiving time. He says, well, if we could have Thanksgiving after Christmas, we'd have so much more to be thankful for. Well, I think that's the mindset of a little kid. We have so much to thank God for on an everyday thing. Listen to what Helen Keller said. So much has been given to me that I have no time to ponder that which I do not have. Let me repeat that again. So much has been given to me that I do not have time to ponder that which I do not have. Some great truth to that. Johnny Erickson Tata, an amazing lady who's had an amazing life after becoming paralyzed in a diving accident from the neck down. She can speak. She dictates her books. She can paint with a toothbrush, with a, a paintbrush in her mouth. Now think about this. This is what she said. Giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful. It is a matter of obedience. And I hope that what I shared with you this morning where God says to praise Him, to thank Him, that's something He wants us to do. This was a very provoking thought. I read this just this year, and I'd never heard of this before. It said the pilgrims at the Plymouth Plantation dug seven times more graves than they built houses. Now think about that. You count all the houses they built, they dug seven times more graves than they built houses. Yet, they set aside a day of thanksgiving. I do not think that we have an excuse not to be thankful. One man said, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. It is one of the, that the poorest of us can make and be not poor, but richer for having made it. What offering is that? The offering of gratitude. Sometimes we hear about people who have the ability to give amazing gifts. I was working out a message and a sermon that deals with Thanksgiving. There's a man whose name is Hughes. He was in the storage building business. And I read recently he's now given the University of Southern California over $400 million. One man. Amazing. I'll tell you a little secret. I don't think any of us could do that. Not even $4 million or $400,000. But you know what we can do? We can give gratitude. I hope on this last Sunday that you're here, you'll thank Pastor Chapel for West Coast Baptist College. It'll take a few minutes of your time. You stand in line, you gotta thank him. It's a huge burden to him. It's a huge financial burden for him. He does obviously because God told him to, secondly for the, the cause of Christ, but thirdly for you. Take time to be thankful. He talked about that when he was here this week with the great message he preached at chapel. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. No wonder that David was a man after God's own heart. We know about his failings, 
But the 34th Psalm, and most Bibles will say, David's Psalm of Praise. He was a man who was interested in praising God. It's interesting that every one of us here has that choice. Will we praise God today? Will we be a praising Christian? A thankfulness seems to be a lost art today. One of my favorite authors is a man by the name of Warren Wearsby. He illustrated this problem in his commentary. It's a B-series. It'd be worth your getting. It's in the book of Colossians. He told about what happened in Evanston, Illinois a number of years ago when there was a life-saving squad there. And way back in 1860, a ship went down out in Lake Michigan. Well, it went aground, and there was a man by the name of Edward Spencer who went out a time and time again to that freezing water of Lake Michigan and began to bring people in. He was able to save the lives of 17 people. His health was irreparably broken. Some years later at his funeral, someone said this. It was interesting <coughs> that of the 17 people that he saved their lives, not one person ever came back to tell him thank you. That was their life. Maybe a person you want to thank over this Thanksgiving break is the person who led you to Christ. Your pastor, your parents, your youth pastor, other people that made an impact on your life. Number one, we should praise God personally. Number two, we should praise God verbally, verbally. A body is not crippled until its heart has ceased to praise. Louis Albert Banks told the story about an elderly Christian man who was a fine singer. And I found this story quite interesting. He learned that he had cancer of his tongue and that the only way they could possibly save his life was to entirely remove his tongue from his mouth. As he prepared to go into surgery, he looked up to the doctor. He said, are you sure I will never sing again? The surgeon found it difficult to answer that question, but obviously without a tongue, you can't sing. And he simply shook his head no. The patient then asked if he could sit up for just a moment prior to the surgery. He said, I've had many good times singing the praises of God. He said, now you can tell me that I can never sing a praise to him again. I have one song that will be my last. It will be of gratitude and praise to God. It was a song written by Isaac Watts, which you'll hear about again in this brief message. The song says this, I'll praise my maker while I breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. My days of praise shall ne'er be passed. Isaac Watts was a great hymnist. He's buried in Bunhill Field, just outside of London, England. A man who wrote over 500 hymns, many of which are still sung today. But that one thought, this man in his last chance to sing, he said, I'll praise my maker while I have breath. Let's praise God personally. Let's praise him verbally. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, the Bible says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Let me repeat that again. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Just like the Bible tells us to rejoice the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, we are to be praising God continually. Would your roommates think you're a person who oft gives praises to God? I was convicted as I studied this. I was convicted as I read this month after month. As God gives all those verses, 
in chapters 145 through 150 of Psalms telling us to praise God. It's something he wants us to do. I'm afraid that sometimes when it comes to our praise, we are more like wooden Indian Christians, the kind sitting out in front of the old drugstore, carved, not speaking, no visage, no smile. Let's not be that way. Let's let people see that we're praising the Lord. I know my, li- my wife loves me. Last night, after we prayed together, as we seek to do before we go to sleep at night, I said, I love you. And she said, I love you with all my heart. We've been married for 41 and a half years. I believe with all my heart, I know she loves me, but I still like to hear it. And God wants to hear from you. When was the last time you said, Lord, I love you. I praise your name. Uh, We're fearfully and wonderfully made. You've been so good to me. We have so much to thank God for. And again, these thoughts went through my mind again and again as I read these passages again and again. I said, Lord, help me to do better with praising you. I remember the first time I told Susan I loved her. The girls listened carefully. I built up to this. We were a little bit older. I was at this time 21. She was 23. And finally, the big moment came. I said, Sousa, I love you. She looked at me with those big brown eyes. She said, I appreciate you. (laughs) I am still recovering, Sousa. I want you to know that. (laughs) You know what I thought of when I was writing this message? I think sometimes we say to God, I appreciate you. When he wants to hear, I love you. Boy, I enjoyed that choir special. (laughs) That was a blessing. We ought to sing to the praise of his glory. John Wesley was about 21 years of age when he went off to Oxford University. He came from a Christian home. He had an incredible mind. He was very, very bright. He was very, very gifted. But quite honestly, he was rather snobbish and sarcastic. One night, however, something happened to set in motion a change in Wesley's heart. While speaking with a porter, a man at the lowest end of the economic scale, he discovered the poor fellow had only one coat. And he lived in such impoverished conditions, he didn't even own a bed. Just kind of imagine that for just a moment. One coat, no bed. Yet, he was unusually happy. He was full of gratitude to God. (laughs) What a great thing. Wesley, being immature, thoughtlessly joked about the man's misfortune. How sad is that? He said, what else do you thank God for? He said it with this sarcasm. The porter smiled. And the spirit of meekness with joy, he said, I thank him that he has given me my life and a heart to love him. And above all, a constant desire to serve him. What powerful words for a man the world will look down on. A man who had very little of this world's fame or fortune. But he said, I thank God that I can serve him. He's given me life. He's given me joy. Wesley said in his journals that that brought about a change in his life. He realized that he had so much to thank God for, so many good things. Many years later, 
1791, Wesley was on his deathbed. He was 88 years of age. Most people believe he rode over 250,000 miles on horseback, oftentimes preaching five to seven messages a day. Remarkable, remarkable life. Those who gathered around him realized that he had learned this lesson of praising God. Despite his extreme circumstances, in the last minutes of his life, propped up on a pillow, he began to sing that same song by Isaac Watts, I'll praise my maker while I breath. And ladies and gentlemen, we're not at that point in time. Even though some of us are fighting, getting over the flu or a cough, we have so much to praise the Lord. I believe with all my heart, if you go home and your family and your church sees that you're one who's praising the Lord, you could impact the lives of others because that is what God created us to do. God wants you and God wants me to be praised in the Lord. I praise the Lord for my family. I praise the Lord for spiritual influences in my life. I'm thankful for godly parents. I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord for some people who have made a great impact on my life. There's four or five. My college president, my pastor during college, here in this ministry, Dr. Getcha, Pastor Chapel, Brother Firstso in the area of soul winning. I praise the Lord for those men. They've impacted my life. We have so much to thank God for. So we ought to praise God personally. We ought to praise God verbally. And here's the big challenge. This is something I know I need to work on. Number three today, we should praise Him continually. Praise Him continually. This can literally transform your life. By the way, it's a matter of obedience. God wants us to praise Him. I know it's not natural. The natural man receives not the things of God. But God wants us to praise Him in good times and in bad times. You will have mountaintop times. You'll have times that'll be a blessing. Those of you who are here over the break, I hope that you'll have a wonderful day on Christmas. I know church family members want you to come to their home. I know for the national title game, I'm going to have everybody over to our house at, I think, January the 11th for that game. We'll have pizza and food, all that kind of stuff. There'll be good times. But you know what? If you're over the break, I didn't always get to go home. I never went home for Thanksgiving. You might have times of loneliness. Praise God. Praise God. I know it's not easy. You might be thinking, oh, look what they're doing at home. Praise God anyway. When you're up, when you're down, you say, well, Dr. R, that's not easy. No, but it's right. It's right. It's right to praise the Lord. And while we'll pray for your health, I've been praying probably for the last week or two for your safety, going from and coming back from college, a lot of miles will be driven, a lot of travel. We're praying for your safety. We're praying that God will use you. We're praying that God will bless you. We pray that God will provide for you. But you know what? I'm going to pray that God will help you to be a blessing to others. I think about praising the midst of a trial. I think of Jonah who praised God while in the belly of a whale. I think of David who praised God while he was in a cave. I think of Paul and Silas. What amazing illustrations. Who in prison, in stocks and bonds, after being beaten, praised God. No wonder we say about Paul, the greatest Christian in the New Testament era. What a great man. How he responded. By the way, the test of our character is how we respond when things are going difficult. 
and if we have times of difficulty, God can help us through that time. It was during the war between England and France when Napoleon was trying to take over the known world, and the citizens of Austria didn't know what to do. It was a town called Fieldkirk. Napoleon's massive army was preparing to attack that little town there, and soldiers had been spotted the heights above the town, and there on the Austrian border. And that town realized they had no chance against Napoleon's army. A council of citizens was summoned to decide what they should do to try to defend themselves. Or should they just put up the white flag of surrender? It happened to be on an Easter Sunday. The people gathered together in the local church. The pastor rose and said, friends, we've been counting on the army coming to help us. We've been counting on our own strength. And apparently, these things have failed. As this is the day of the Lord's resurrection, let us just ring the bells, have our service as usual, and leave the matter in His hands. We only know our weaknesses, but not the power of God to defend us. There was a hearty group of amens with that. And the pastor sent someone up to the belfry to begin to ring the bells, the church bells. He said, just keep ringing the bells. Napoleon's army on the outskirts of that town of Fieldkirk heard the bells ringing. They thought the Austrian army must have arrived to give them support. And thinking that, they packed up and they left town. Not a shot was fired. People were just praising the Lord. I hope that whatever happens, maybe you'll be traveling home and you may have a breakdown. I, I hope that doesn't happen to you. Maybe you have a flat tire. I hope that doesn't happen to you. It's not a good experience, especially if you are lacking in mechanical skills like I am. My first time driving cross country, I was driving a 63 Ford Fairlane. No air conditioning, no FM radio, no cassette deck, just me. The windows rolled down and cross country. First thing I know, I had a flat tire. First time I ever changed a tire. I did not do it well. And uh, I tried to tighten the lug nuts while I was still up on the jack. That's not how you do it. And so I put it down and took off, and about 10 or 15 minutes later, I heard clump, clump, clump. I said, I've got another flat tire. No, I didn't have it. Of the five lug nuts, three had come off. And so those pins had worn holes and ruined the tire. Fortunately, I had one more spare, and I remember it was changing it. People came by and already seen me change. They're honking, waving at me. What a loser. You know what, folks? You just keep going anyway. You praise the Lord. I often make this statement, if that's the worst thing that happens, we're going to be okay. Let's just praise the Lord. Probably the most well-known monument in our country is the Washington Monument, Washington, D.C. How many have ever been to the Washington Monument before? Would you raise your hand? Great majority. How many have ever climbed the stairs before? You can climb the stairs. Do you do that, Dr. Gash? I do. I, I figure that. I did, too. It's, it's 555 feet high. You may not know this, they completed half of it, ran out of money, and stopped it for years. If you look at it carefully, you'll see two different colors of limestone. But more importantly than that, the very top of that Washington Monument, there is an aluminum capstone. And on that aluminum capstone, facing east towards the rising of the sun, there's these words described, inscribed in Latin on the aluminum. Laus Dio which means praise be to God. Praise be to God. 
You can't see those from the ground, obviously. But you can Google it, it's there. Somebody understood that it's important to praise God. So can I challenge you as you head home over the break, that you be the kind of person who said, I'm going to praise God personally. You may know someone in your church who's great at praising the Lord. I knew a lady years ago who literally was hired by a pastor, lived in the church, and she did nothing but pray all day long. Her name was Mrs. Bartell. My wife and I visited her a number of times. Here's a lady who had no one and nothing who just loved to praise the Lord. What a testimony to say about someone. Let's praise God personally. Let's praise God verbally. You say, well, I was thinking that. Just go ahead and say it. That'd be a blessing to someone. And finally, can I challenge you this morning? Let's seek to praise God continually. See, I've got a cold. I'm short of money. In everything, give thanks. Praise God continually. And I believe with all my heart that he'll bless you for it.